Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. In summary, I actually think that the challenges and miscommunications are probably very similar to face-to-face, and it's now just getting comfortable with using the technology and using this new, well, it's not really new, but using these channels more often and be more reliant on them to communicate. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And today, once again, we have Sarah Ewan from Public Speaking for Life. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I am very well, given the circumstances. Yes, I'm doing good. Thank you. So I'm glad you mentioned the circumstances, because I think the circumstances that we're in now have presented some new and interesting challenges for business. And one major one has been communication, um, especially as more and more staff are, you know, working from home or working from remote locations, you know, less face-to-face type meetings and that kind of thing. And I guess the question really is, how do you sort of keep that same level of engagement, you know? I mean, even in the sense where people might be trying to hold small conferences or workshops, you know, using the internet tools, I mean, does it have the same impact and that kind of thing? So I I guess that just sort of really leads into, you know, the, the first question I wanted to look at was really, you know, how do we use these tools, these, these tools online to, you know, just, so they're still very impactful when we are trying to communicate. Absolutely. And it's a really great question. And just as you said, obviously, all of us are experiencing, you know, a huge amount of challenges at this point. And one of the challenges is just how to adapt our communication styles based on the fact that, you know, the majority of us are all working from home now. And um, I actually personally think that these tools we're referring here to like WebEx or Zoom or Skype, Skype for Business, whatever it is that you're using. These are great tools. And many of us have probably been using them for a number of years. I know that I certainly have. And the change that we see now is that lots of us are now fully relying on these tools. And I think the the, the great thing about these tools is that number one, they're really going to be helping us to stay connected, whether that's in a professional capacity or also in terms of building team spirit within our teams. I think that's going to be really important going forward. And these tools allow us to keep that team spirit and culture going. And hopefully as well, very importantly, they're going to help us in order to have the meetings, etc. that are going to help us as risk and compliance individuals to keep delivering on our roles and to keep moving forward. I think that sometimes when panic kicks in or fear kicks in, often what happens is execution and getting stuff done often falls by the wayside. And yet that's actually one of the best things that we can do to channel our energy. So I think that these tools offer us a great opportunity to keep communicating and to keep building that team spirit and to keep getting our roles done. And um, if I can just throw this in, over the years, I've noticed a couple of things in relation to people being on things like webinars. And a couple of things that I've noticed, which I think the current situation will help us to change and work on, is that I think that a lot of people get on webinars and they generally feel more comfortable in face-to-face situations. So they get on webinars or meetings online with the mindset of, I'll only contribute if I have to. And I think that that we'll we'll see a bit of a change in that. That'll be a really positive thing. I think that a lot of people don't switch on their cameras, and I'm guilty of this myself at times, particularly (laughs) when I'm 
know, a bad hair day. And um, I'm hoping that we see a change to that going forward as we'll all really benefit from seeing each other as we're working away at home ourselves. And I think that a lot of people often find it harder to stay engaged online. So if they're not the ones running the meeting or delivering the presentation, they find it a lot easier to just switch off or pick up the phone and be distracted. So I think that these tools and using these as a channel for communication now is going to mean that we're all going to get to work on the skills of being able to stay really present and also mastering those skills of being like a, a really great active listener. So I think that these tools are a really positive thing and I think that they're really going to help us to communicate effectively during this time and they're really going to deepen our skill set on using them well. So I think it's, you know, in the midst of the challenges, it's actually a really positive thing. Okay, yeah, excellent. I mean, definitely one of the things you won't have to worry about, and this is something we discussed in our last podcast, is having to imagine your audience in any way at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess, and you already touched on it a bit. Um, um, you talked about the sort of risk of people sort of disengaging because they don't have to engage um, in that sort of internet space. Are there any other, I guess, challenges or potential miscommunications that you can see from, um, I guess, really using these types of tools? I think that the challenges with any sort of miscommunications or just challenges in general are fairly similar online as they are face-to-face. -face. I mean, the only difference is the sort of the technology challenges that you can sometimes have when Wi-Fi lets you down or your computer decides to have a meltdown at the wrong moment. But I think that one of the challenges that we'll all get a chance to work on is that there's definitely a magic in face-to-face -face communication that can be harder to replicate online. And I think that that's going to be all of us taking our communication online to the next level and really chipping away at that and working really hard on that. So I think that that's something that we'll all get the chance to work on. I think, to be honest, with the miscommunications, I think that there's a couple of things there that we do need to have a positive mindset about communicating online. And I know I've sort of already mentioned that, but some people do have quite limited thinking around using technology in that way. And I do think that we will need to be committed to speaking up on technology. A lot of people get onto webinars and just say, I'm not going to speak up unless I get spoken to. And yeah. I really do hope that that culture changes. And obviously as risk and compliance professionals, we are the ones that know about speaking up when others won't. And I'm really hoping that that translates well to using these tools as communication channels as well. And I think there's a big one around when facilitators on meetings or conferences or presentations actually stop and ask people if they have any questions. I really hope that people will start to use those moments to ask questions and not wait till the meeting's over and message their boss or message the person that was presenting because at the end of the day, we have to all get really comfortable with using this as a forum. And I think that that could really help to eliminate miscommunications. People coming away from the meeting, sitting at home, not sure what to do because they just didn't have the confidence to ask the clarifying question at the time. So I really do think that those things are gonna be so important to make sure that we minimize miscommunications and we overcome any challenges like that as well. 
So I think if you're setting up meetings, my main thing I would say is it's the same as with face-to-face -face as it is online. We need to be prepared. Do we have an opening for the meeting that grabs the attention of those that are coming? Do we got, yeah. Have we got a clear structure that supports the overall purpose of why we're having the meeting? And do we have clear, clear takeaways? Like too many of my clients that I work with in our public speaking business tell me that they often log on to meetings online and by the end of the meeting, they're still not sure what the purpose of the meeting has been. <laughs> And I, I think that that's an example of just a lack of preparedness and a lack of clarity around purpose. And I think that right now we need to really honor people's time and make sure that that's super clear as everyone's getting comfortable with being heavily reliant on using online tools to communicate. So in summary, I actually think that the challenges and miscommunications are probably very similar to face-to-face -to -face and it's now yeah. just getting comfortable with using the technology and using this new well, it's not really new, but using these channels more often and be more reliant on them to communicate. So you, you started by mentioning risk and compliance professionals. And I know while you aren't in quite in that space anymore, um, I was just curious to know whether you had thought about maybe any of the risk or risks that these using these new technologies might pose for, for individuals in terms of the day-to-day -day job and communicating with management and the board. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And like you mentioned, I'm not currently in a risk and compliance role right now. So I'm conscious of the fact that I might say something that's maybe not as true to what it's like for people who are working in it firsthand. But um, I think that the main thing that I was thinking about in terms of risk and compliance and some of the, the sort of the challenges and things that you could have with using these technologies is obviously things like the level of confidentiality. You know, a lot of these calls and things, there's technologies to record things so we just have to be really careful with things like that I also think as well though that just in general you know risk and compliance we've got certain policies and procedures on how we communicate and when we communicate and I think from the top down in the in organizations we really need to as leaders be willing to find solutions and ways to overcome barriers to communication so that we can still get decisions through and we can still make progress and we can still be making meeting the expectations of the regulators and doing that in a way that is obviously setting ourselves up for success in terms of getting things done but also making sure that it's compliant and everything like that as well so I think the real challenge lies in the senior leadership in terms of being able to role model what needs to happen to the rest of the organization and I, I really believe it's a time for leaders to really step up in organizations to keep the communication channels open with their people and to find ways for risk and compliance professionals to be able to do their roles in the best way possible possible at this time. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so I, I guess another thing to, to look at as well, and you sort of touched on it when we were discussing the disadvantages of um, using these tools are, and any particular advantages to using these tools? Because as you mentioned, these are tools that you have been using for some time, uh, some of them anyways. Yeah, I think that in terms of, you know, the, the positives attached to using these tools, I think there's a lot of advantages. I mean, the main ones that I really see, and they're pretty obvious, to be honest, but these are the ones that just sort of spring to my mind is that, you know, number one, you can get people from all over the world in different time zones and different places. And obviously right now in Sydney as well, you know, we can all get into a virtual room and, and have a meeting together, which is, you know, absolutely incredible. And, you know, the other thing is these technologies offer a lot of features beyond just 
sort of sharing screens or using a communal whiteboard that can make things far more interactive for people and really engage people. So, you know, you've got things like the, the, the ability to have virtual breakout rooms in the middle of meetings so that people can still have partner discussions and then come back and join main discussions. You've got voting so that you can have polls on various topics so you can find out how people feel whilst also keeping uh, people anonymous. And obviously it's easy to record meetings and things and make it available for other people so that we're still offering flexibility in the workplace as well. So I think that it's, uh, it's, it's a really great there's so many advantages to it and uh, the one that always the one that I always appreciated was back when I worked in a bank when I was in risk and compliance one of the things I used to find quite stressful was when I was in back-to-back -back meetings and I was trying to physically get from one meeting to another and then the lifts were getting slower and busier and they were making me late for my next meeting and uh, obviously we have the advantage with these tools that you can quite easily transition from one meeting to another from the comfort of your own home and uh, that does alleviate some of the stress of getting from one meeting to another as well so I think there are lots of advantages as well so it's going to be really great for us all to get really equipped on using these tools in that way. And of course it's not all about the tools but it's also about your skills as well Ed. so how can you use those public speaking skills that you have um, to I guess leverage the leverage the skills on the tools that we'll now be using for some time, I think. Yes, yeah. You know what, I actually love that question. How do we use the skills of public speaking? Because I think that a lot of people think of public speaking, they think of a stage and they think of an audience sitting there looking at you. But the really great thing is, and we've been saying this for years in our public speaking for life business, that the skills of public speaking are all about mastering and being an effective communicator. And I think that that's the key thing is that these are really transferable skills that are transferable to communicating online. So in our training, we talk about mastering three pillars when it comes to communication. And I'll just run through these briefly because they're all relevant to being online as well. And number one, it's really about your mindset as a speaker. So what's your mindset about yourself when it comes to managing nerves and being confident? What is number two, your mindset towards your audience? Do you believe the best in your audience when you're online or do you think that they're judging you and waiting for you to fail? That's really important to get clear on that. And then what's your mindset towards your message when you're speaking up online are you backing yourself do you think that it's going to be helpful for your audience or are you thinking that it's going to be boring and unhelpful and then the second pillar is around speech writing and structure and again a lot of people hear the word speech writing and don't associate with being online but if you're doing any preparation for a meeting you're actually speech writing because what you're going to be saying is what you have have prepared and so I do think it's so it's so helpful to make sure that you've got a clear and engaging introduction because many people like they do in a face-to-face -face meeting online they decide if they want to engage at the start then we want to make sure that the main body of the presentation is tightly structured and that you've got a clear conclusion and takeaways and action items when it's relevant in meetings as well and then delivery techniques this is actually really important I think that we all and I'm saying this to myself as well, need to make every effort to make it engaging. Bring the energy when you're speaking. Try and minimize those filler words. And of course, make sure that you're heard. We don't want to be on technology, sharing our pearls of wisdom for 10 minutes and find out that our microphone was actually switched off. And uh, a few years ago, I actually did a stand-up comedy course. And uh, what was really
really interesting when I was doing that was for the first time ever, I was on a stage with a big spotlight and the audience was dimmed. You can actually see them to make eye contact with them. And I remember on this course being told, stand on stage and make eye contact with people like you can still see them. And I've always applied the same technique when I've been looking in the camera and I've actually been imagining at the other end of the camera the people's faces in the audience because that actually changes even your facial expressions. So I do think that that's important as we use these communication channels as well. So even if your other colleagues decide not to switch on their camera, for example, you still want to make that same level of eye contact. So I'll be honest, I truly believe that all of the skills of public speaking, having a positive mindset, having a clear structure, and really working on those delivery techniques all apply when we're online. And if I can just say one other thing, I think that a lot of people might be surprised if they start to feel nervous because they're speaking up in a meeting or a webinar online. And I just wanna say that if you do feel nervous, you are effectively public speaking and being nervous when you're public speaking is completely normal. And if you do feel like that, let me just say that you're not alone because that is a completely normal thing to feel and don't allow the nerves to cause you to not speak up when you've got really important things to say. I'm getting on my hobby horse now, so you better, you better take over again. <laughs> well, no, it, it's no worries. I mean, it, it's interesting you said that. It's funny, you know, everybody's had that video chat with that relative where, you know, of course, nobody's looking at the camera, everybody's looking at the screen. And sometimes you're kind of wondering, what is that person looking at, you know? But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, uh, but yeah, I, and well, you spoke a bit earlier about in the disadvantages section uh, a bit about um, the person hiding in the back of the virtual classroom, as it were. So I guess as an extension of that question I just asked, you know, how do you leverage those public speaking skills to reach that individual who might be less likely to speak up and share their perspective? Yes, yes. Oh gosh, yes. I did sort of allude to earlier the fact that a lot of people get online with the mindset of I will only speak if I'm forced to. And that's the equivalent of somebody walking in a room and just sitting in the back row and not actually saying anything. So I think with that one, it's kind of approaching it from three different angles. I think the first one is that if anyone's listening here and you are that person, you are that person that for whatever reason actually prefers just to listen and not say anything. Uh, and in terms of contributing to the conversation, I, I've worked with lots of people who actually just really enjoy listening and unless something's burning within them to say something, they actually do find that more helpful to listen to others. And so I totally respect that. And I would say that if you, that is your mindset, logging on to a webinar or into a team meeting or whatever it might be at this time, it's about really making a conscious choice around, am I, am I choosing to consciously hide in the virtual classroom, so to speak? And then the next question to consider is, do you want to actually do something about it? Because some people do and some people don't. And if you don't, it's totally fine. It's just about being willing to accept the consequences of not speaking up when you've got something really important to say. And it is down to what I believe is a, a personal choice. I think for anyone who chooses to, to sort of hide at the back of the virtual classroom, 
classroom, the only thing that you're giving up is the right to complain when you think something isn't engaging. Yeah. So if you don't think that a webinar or a team meeting is engaging, but you're not saying anything, then actually you negate your right to complain about it because you're not actually doing anything to help make it more engaging. Uh, but at the same time, I would say that um, if you choose not to speak up, uh, that's totally fine. But it's just remembering that you've got an opportunity right now to really work on this in terms of personal growth and development and learning as well. And maybe it's a time to now challenge that and to see what happens when you do speak up because quite often it's the quiet people that have the great ideas and the great things to say. And uh, it can be quite frustrating when you're leading meetings when the people who've got the best things to say are the people who are like hiding at the back of the class, so to speak, to use that analogy. Yeah. Uh, the second thing I'd say is like as a leader, if you're on the, if you're listening to this and you're a leader I think that one of the ways you can use public speaking to help out these people that you're aware who might have great things to say but they're maybe hesitating for whatever reason in contributing um, I think that it's uh, really important that we keep going with our one-on-ones with our team members and that we keep going with our team meetings online as well and I think the combination of these two communications will actually help people to open up if they've had a one-on-one -on -one with you they're more likely to engage with you in a team meeting for example or speak up at a key stakeholder meeting and I do think that that is really important and a big one which I'm not giving a good example of right now is as leaders when you embrace the power of the pause online it's actually a really important public speaking technique because quite often online we ask a question and we expect the people listening to respond straight away but they need to do three things they need to one have a think about the question you've just asked two formulate their response and then three what often takes a moment is to figure out how to unmute their line and uh, make sure that they can be heard and so I think as leaders we need to allow that pause so that if somebody does want to speak up they get a few moments to collect their thoughts before they before they're put under too much pressure and I think doing that will mean that people at the back of the virtual class do get given an opportunity to speak up should they wish to, but we do need to give that moment to help them, give them some time to collect their thoughts in the same way that we all need that. And the last thing I'd say on that one is if you're facilitating, it's really important as part of your introduction and setting the context that you make it clear around sort of rules of engagement in the meeting. So how do you want people to engage with you online? Do you want them to use the panel or write on the slides or speak up over the phone? How and when do you want them to add their comments? And I think being really clear on that at the outset of any meeting or any presentation is super important online because obviously you don't necessarily have the benefits of picking up on the non-verbal body language etc like you would if you were potentially in a room together if somebody doesn't have their camera switched on it's a bit easier if they do so I think each of us have really got a responsibility and uh, we want to make sure that when we get online we're bringing our best and if that means that you're an active listener and you still want to potentially hide at the back of the virtual classroom that is a personal choice and if you're leading our facility in discussions you know embracing the power of the pause making sure that you're setting up the context at the in, in the introduction are all important skills for making sure that you're sort of setting up an environment online so that if people do want to contribute you're giving them the opportunity to do I think you're probably picking up from this that I'm never somebody who hides at the back of the virtual classroom and I sometimes need to learn when to shut up so I'm 
at the opposite end. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, I mean, you've given some really good advice. Um, and I think it, a lot of people will be listening to this saying, okay, that's how I can handle my next web meeting. Um, I guess any advice that you would have for um, risk and compliance professionals, particularly in terms of communicating effectively, um, other than what you've already given, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, I've always got lots of advice and I was actually thinking myself, what would be my key tips to anyone who is just wanting to hone their communication skills online? And I would say, I would give you three tips. Number one would be, be confident and back yourself. And this is true at any time, but I think particularly at the moment when fear is gripping the globe in the ways that it is, it's really important that we're all mastering this idea of self-leadership and leading ourselves through this. And a massive part of being able to do that effectively is actually to be confident in who you are and be confident in your skill set and to definitely not allow your confidence to waver at this time. So I think that that's really important. I think number two, we need to really bring the energy whenever we're speaking up online and we all need to do everything that we possibly can to engage in really authentic ways. So you, you, you know, you need to be able to bring the energy and you've got no idea sometimes how much you are lifting your colleagues around you when you actually do that. You might really brighten up somebody's day if they're having a challenging one. So really, really bringing that energy, making an effort to do that. And the third tip I'd give is if you're leading and facilitating meetings online, prepare for them. And uh, don't forget, as I said earlier, to remember to embrace the power of the pause. If people don't speak up and don't ask questions, that's not a sign that you are a failure as a facilitator of meetings online. And uh, always remember, it does just take a few moments for people to sometimes figure out how to unmute themselves and, and get comfortable with the technology. So we just need to give people a little bit of time to do that as well so all the all the tips around communicating in public speaking face to face all translate here as well I think in particular be backing yourself and keep building your confidence keep bringing the energy probably now more than you've ever done before challenging yourself to do that and when you're leading and facilitating meetings power of the pause don't it's not awkward it doesn't need to be weird you're just giving people time to collect their thoughts and work out the technology in order to respond so i don't know what you think about that do you think that's helpful well i hope so um they'll let us know if it's not and then we can do another podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes excellent <laughs> all right well thank yeah. you very much for your time sarah um yeah, and once again, it it's, sounds like really good value and hopefully our members will listen to it and help solve some of their problems because I do know that some people have been trying to figure out, okay, what do I do now? So Yeah, yes, and I'm always happy to help. And look, I've just got a moment to say as well, like thank you to you and GRCI for running these podcasts and also just for everyone in risk and compliance right now, I'm very aware from talking to old colleagues that you many of you are working huge hours at the moment and now you're doing that at home. And um, it's always important for us all to remember when we're working from home and for some of us settling into that for the first time that we're not alone and we're all in this together. So important to remember that at this time, I think. Excellent. Well, thanks, Sarah. Yes, thank you. Thanks for the chat. And Luke, you never know, we might do another podcast soon. Take care. <laughs> this podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.